Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. With Francis essentially nuking the traditional Latin mass and going so far as to say he has abrogated it, the responses from the bishops that some are basically ignoring his dictates are fascinating. Some of the bishops who are doing the ignoring of the document are the least you'd expect, like the French bishops who mostly are saying they stand with the Latin mass communities, and at least one very noteworthy cardinal who you would not have expected in a million years to support the Latin mass. Some priests are saying that the document has as much moral authority in the church today as that famous 1973 decision that enthroned Moloch in the U.S. by the Supremes. And overall, we've seen a strong backlash to this decision come from laity who have never been to a Latin Mass, with parishes overflowing this past weekend. And since you're seeing this hopefully on a Friday, unless something big happened that delayed this to Monday, then you'll also have probably seen that same trend continue, or you will, this weekend. And all the while, many faithful, traditional or not, are saying that it, it's the traditional Catholics who get hammered by the Vatican in the harshest language directed at the laity in a century. Many are pointing this out. And it's not the pro-Moloch public Catholics who actively work against everything the church stands for. A time of reckoning is upon us, folks, and it's getting real. So today let's talk about what is obviously coming. Open rejection of Francis's authority on this, and what could come from that. The days are getting interesting so let's get into it, especially because, as I reported just a couple of days ago, they're looking to replace Francis already. But first, I wanted to thank my patrons for their support of this channel. If you want to join them in supporting my work, there are links in the description below, including links to Patreon and Subscribestar. Also, I wanted to repeat my call for submissions to my sources website, returntotradition.org. There had in the past been a few articles posted by viewers and supporters like you, so please feel free to submit an article for the blog if you want using the email address in the description, or send me an, e an email to that address for more to information on what I'm looking for. I can't pay for things at this stage, but I do want to help get more Catholic voices out there doing this work. Why is there open resistance to what Francis is doing? There have been numerous dioceses around the world that have totally banned the Latin Mass in the days since the release of the motu proprio. And while I could give you an example from the United States or the United Kingdom, and plenty abound, I'm going to instead give you the most galling example of this. An entire country's conference of bishops pulled the plug on the ancient liturgy, severing the church in that country from the liturgical history and the theology of the church. And that country is Costa Rica. From Catholic Arena, we get this headline, Costa Rica bans the Latin Mass. What's the reasoning? From the article, quote, Those who express affinity for ancient forms do not always express their appreciation of the validity and legitimacy of the liturgical reform, of the dictates of the Second Vatican Council, and of the Magisterium of the Holy Pontiffs. With sometimes discreet statements or directly objectionable comments, they question the sanctity of the new rite. They do not seek the synergy that would give theological pastoral validity to their ritual preferences. Since the previous rules, instructions, concessions, and customs have been abrogated, the use of the Massale Romanum or of 1962 or any other of the expressions of the pre-1970 liturgy is not authorized from now on. No priest is authorized to continue celebrating according to the ancient liturgy. According to these provisions, the seminarians shall be educated and the new, and the new priests. 
Their formation should be clearly aimed at the appreciation and the practice of the liturgy re-Christianized by the Second Vatican Council, which is the only expression of the Lex Orandi of the Roman Rite. End quote. Liturgy re-Christianized. That's an interesting phrase. It suggests that in the minds of the Costa Rican bishops that the traditional Latin Mass isn't even a Christian liturgy. And that's a very strange claim to make. And this feeds into something that must be said. The heart of this is something numerous readers of the document have noticed, language that in some places is clearly demanding the suppression of the Latin Mass, but is passive in other areas. Again, more of that Vatican II ambiguity that has done so much damage to the Church in our time. A Facebook group that was started to defend the Latin Mass and educate people on all things about it had this post, which I'll have a link to in today's show notes at returntotradition.org. Here is the important part of that post. Quote, Indeed, as Father Peter Stravinskas, no apologist for the Usus Antiquor, that's the ancient liturgy, by any stretch, and one who would have no issue noting any extremes, aptly observed, the all-important should even seems to reflect this reality. Francis says that priests who have been celebrating the Tridentine Rite should seek the permission of their bishops to continue. Does should mean must? Indeed, should does not mean must or is required. That the Usus Antiquor is not abrogated, canon must be your starting premise, my friends, and while Samorum Pontificum has indeed been abrogated, Samorum Pontificum did not establish the legality to the liturgical books of the Usus Antiquor. It merely recognized what always was its legal status all along, and still is. Neither its abrogation, nor the other things mentioned, seems to have any apparent impact on the continued legality of the liturgical books of the immemorial Roman Rite. And that, folks, is quite telling in its own right, for it would have been a very simple matter. Or, indeed, is it precisely not to include them in the list of things abrogated, something to meditate upon this Sunday, especially for our clergy. Roman clerics, we understand your predicament, and we leave it in your hands to consider what to do with this information about the immemorial Roman rite. End quote. I think this is going to be central to the open rejection of this document that has already started and will pick up steam in the coming days and weeks, although you're not going to see the bishops actually say that. But this is going to be on their minds because their canonists had to have noticed it too. But don't be fooled. Numerous dioceses have ended all their Latin masses already, including... In the U.S., the, the Diocese of Bismarck, and in the U.K., the Diocese of Birmingham. The most strident of the modernists did not waste any time in doing their dirty work, and Francis enabled them to do just that. The devil hates Latin, and modernism comes from the very pits of Satan, so do not be surprised by this move. Emerging from all of this are what appear to be three factions of bishops. The first, bishops who are saying in one way or another that this won't be implemented in their dioceses anytime soon, which... Among these bishops include the Archbishop uh, Cordelions of San Francisco, as well as Bishop Paprocki, and, much to my pleasant surprise, Cardinal Reinhard Marx. Yeah, the same prelate who took part in the big theatrical production to sell the world on the German synodal way with Francis not a month ago has publicly said that this not will, be, will not be implemented in his diocese anytime soon, and that is a good thing, even if it's coming from a man who is wrong most of the time on most things in the church, and that's not giving him a pass on his, on those errors either. In fact, if anything, this illustrates that the things we talk about here go well beyond liturgical preference, but go deep into the, the, the theological matters of the day. Now, the second faction of bishops are the ones who appear to be trying to delay things. 
via administrative processes and internal exploratory committees, and among these are men like Archbishop Sample of Portland and a few others, who have released eerily similar documents that say that they need time to look into the modu proprio with their canonists and experts and see how to properly implement it. For many of these bishops, you can expect it to be quote-unquote properly implemented in line with Vatican thinking, and that they're just going to use the time that in the past would have been allotted for developing an implementation protocol in the mode appropriate itself. I don't think they'll be sent Archbishop Sample specifically, but some of the ones who've released these kind of statements probably will. Now, usually documents that make sweeping changes in the church would be released with an implementation date clearly stated in the document for a few months in the future. If you need an example of that, this Sunday I'll have Quo Primum for you, as well as a talk from a very well-known but dearly departed Catholic uh, intellectual where he goes over Quo Primum and explains just how binding it is today. But that didn't happen in the Moda Proprio. Instead, it took effect immediately, and that's unprecedented to my knowledge. But there is a third faction, and the Costa Rican Bishops' Conference perfectly represents them. Those are the bishops who are gleeful that the hearts of traditional Catholics have been broken. Men like this bishop, headlined from a diocesan paper calling himself The Dialogue. Explanation from Pope Francis on restricting use of Vatican II Mass hits nail on the head, says Archbishop J. Augustin de Noya. There are numerous bishops who are quite happy with this turn of events, either because they have an antipathy towards the Latin Mass and want a clear break from the Church's decorative past, a break that represents actual schism, as you will hear on Sunday in my explanation video of Quo Primum. And it is bishops like this who will do the heartbreaking, but let's see what his ta he has to say on the matter. Quote, Pope Francis's letter explaining why he was restricting the use of pre-Vatican II Mass, quote, fearly hits the, fearlessly hits the nail on the head. The TLM traditional Latin Mass movement has taken over the initiatives of St. John Paul II and Benedict XVI to its own ends, says Archbishop J. Augustine de Noia, who insisted he was speaking as a theologian and not as a Vatican official. The Archbishop, a Dominican, has served at the, as Secretary of the Congregation for Divine Worship and the Sacraments. He was deeply involved in the Vatican's dialogue with the Traditionalist Society of St. Pius X and currently is Adjunct Secretary of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith. Since St. John Paul II allowed some use of the older liturgy, and especially since Samorum Pontificum, Archbishop de Noia said the thing has gotten totally out of control and become a movement especially in the U.S., France, and England, a movement that has aggressively promotes the traditional Latin Mass among young people and others as if this extraordinary form were the true liturgy for the true church. While the Latin Mass Directory, www.latinmassdirectory.org, an online listing of churches and chapels where the pre-Vatican II Mass is celebrated regularly and with a local bishop's permission, meaning not with the SSPX, May not be comprehensive, Archbishop de Noia said that from his experience it is accurate in indicating that the older liturgy is offered far more in the United States than any other country. It appears to be no coincidence that the only official translation of Pope Francis's documents provided by the Vatican were in English. End quote. Usually people who say things like that don't point out that the United States tends to be geographically also a much larger country comprising the area that you could fit all of Western and Central Europe into with room to spare, but they never note that. But I like how this bishop is coy with all of this. He has served recently in the very Vatican office that will oversee the Latin Mass societies, which also, not coincidentally, was used to destroy the Franciscan Friars of the Immaculate 
beginning right out of the gate at the start of the Francis rule back in 2013. Hence why anyone who says this isn't what Pack-a-Papa Francis wanted is being willfully obtuse on this. The signs have been there since the start. The bishop is right on one thing. The letter was published in English and Italian because of the perception that it was mostly in the U.S., U.K., and France that this is some sort of problem meaning the growing popularity of the traditional mass of the Roman Rite. And I say perception because the SSPX have parishes all over the world, as do the FSSP. My social media feed was full of pictures of priests saying the Latin Mass to rooms full of joyous indigenous Africans who clearly didn't get the memo that they had somehow become schismatic Americans without their knowing. But I digress. I expect this all to go south for Francis and his merry band of modernist bishops, and I know I'm not the only one who expects this to happen. The signs are there for anyone with eyes to see, and it's going to be interesting to watch. But don't take my word for it. Take the word of Mr. You can have your 16th century liturgy, but not your 16th century theology himself. Mr. Massimo Fagioli, who said on Twitter, quote, The review of statements by cardinals and bishops, USA but not only, on Pope Francis's motu proprio on the liturgy is discouraging and disturbing, end quote. He's not happy about the fact that a surprising number of bishops in the U.S. don't seem to want to follow the Pacapapa's clear disjunction from the history of the Church. Go figure. The bishops of France have mostly come out in support of the Latin Mass communities and priestly fraternities, and with good reason. They can see that the bulk of vocations are going to those groups, that those parishes are growing in their dioceses, and the likely sign is that to preserve the church in France, they need to be open to tradition. Even if not wildly enthusiastic, the mainline traditional groups like the Institute of Christ the King, Sovereign Priest, and the Institute of the Good Shepherd, and the FSSP all give money to the diocese that they're located in and work closely with the bishop, which in this case will protect those groups because the bishop knows that if they're gone, then most of the parishioners will flood the SSPX parishes in their dioceses instead. And the SSPX does not work with the local bishops except in what we would call rare cases because it does occasionally happen in some places. But it's not only the French. As Massimo said, it's in the U.S. and the U.K. A fair number of bishops have released positive statements from dioceses like Philadelphia, Oklahoma City, Tulsa, and numerous other locations. Statements, or at the very least, they have called the priests in their dioceses and told them not to worry, and that word then has trickled you know, to social media where I found most of these. And that's a good thing. But why would they do that? <laughs> Any number of reasons. But I want to suggest something in addition to unequivocally good reasons, like the respect for tradition, love of the people of their dioceses, and all the good reasons that you would want behind this. It appears that their consultation was largely ignored on this. You remember that survey that went out to the bishops a year ago or so on this very issue? I reported on it back then, and the short version is that the bishops were given a survey about the impact of the Latin Mass in their diocese. While the official results have never been released, and many bishops are, have sort of pointed out the official results have never been released, it sounds as if most of the bishops were positive or neutral on the Latin Mass. That sort of that whisper has come out of the Vatican, and only about 15% or so were overtly hostile to the Latin Mass, so that number, again, could be wrong, so take it with a grain of salt. But it's interesting in itself, and it begs a lot of questions about the motives behind the motu proprio, given that it was stated that the reason was the developing alleged schismatic attitudes among certain trads who don't want to get on board with the modernist freight train of building the ape of the church. It appears that the Council of Bishops was soundly rejected in all of this, and that is something interesting by itself, since the survey specifically called for their input. Crux Online reported what the nine questions on Samorum Pontificum were in that survey, 
And they also revealed that less than half of the bishops bothered to return the survey, which is typical. But here are the nine questions, revised by me slightly because the rules of this place seem hostile to a few of the words in the survey itself. But here they are. Quote, survey contained nine questions. Question one, what is the situation in your diocese with respect to the extraordinary form of the Roman Rite? If the extraordinary form is practiced there, does it respond to a true pastoral need or is it promoted by a single priest? In your opinion, are there positive or negative aspects of the use of the extraordinary form? Are the norms and conditions established by Samorum Pontificum respected? Does it occur to you that in your diocese the ordinary form has adopted elements of the extraordinary form? For the celebration of the Mass, do you use the missal promulgated by Pope John XXIII in 1962? Besides the celebration of the Mass in the extraordinary form, are there other celebrations? For example, baptism, confirmation, the nuptial sacrament, penance, unction, ordination, divine office, Easter tritium, funeral rites, according to the liturgical books prior to the Vatican Council II. Has the motu proprio Samorum Pontificum had an influence on the life of seminaries, the seminary of the diocese, and others' formation houses? Thirteen years after the motu proprio Samorum Pontificum, what is your advice about the extraordinary form of the Roman Rite? End quote. The thing about surveys is this, they can be crafted to get the desired outcome of the survey provider, or at least can tell you what they are looking for by looking at the questions they ask rather carefully. And in this case, it is not surprising at all what the motu proprio did when you look at these questions. The bishops most interested in the Latin Mass, either positively or negatively, were the only ones really motivated to answer these questions. And the indifferent, maybe not so much. This happens all the time in the world of survey taking with return rates on any survey always being low, and this was no different. So the question that comes to mind is this. Do many of the bishops feel slighted in knowing that this was the purpose of this survey instead of getting real consultation? Late last year, the bishops of the U.S. had their ad limina visits with Francis, which is where the bishops get a little one-on-one -on -one time with the Pope, and it's a long-standing tradition in the church. And I'd bet that this wasn't even brought up during these visits at all, that their attitudes about some more in pontificum, at least with most of them. I'm sure certain insiders uh, asked questions about that. But why would it have come up? If the outcome was foreordained, then why bother? But we're already seeing more and more signs of resisting this motu proprio from the bishops. Let me know in the comments what diocese or dioceses you're in, and if your bishop or bishops have ended access to the Latin Mass, moved it off to the fringes of the diocese, or left things in place. Let me know if they're totally on board with this move or if they're quietly resisting it. I'm, for example, in the Diocese of Oklahoma City, but frequently go to Mass in the Diocese of Tulsa. Just so you know, so I'm not just trying to get, like, private information or anything. I'm honestly curious to know what the landscape looks like for this typical layperson who doesn't spend all day, every day, looking at the stuff like I do. And while you're at it, make sure to like the video and subscribe if you haven't already. It really does help. And a special thanks to the patrons of this channel for helping keep all this going and enabling me to spend all day keeping up with all this news. Your support does help. As always, folks, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.